Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. The one thing that you have to do if you are um, applying for a technology company, spend time on their website. If they sort of have some type of end user conference for us, you know, we call it VMware Explorer, used to be called VMworld, you know, go out and find old videos and actually learn about their technology. In the Women Who Code Career Nav segment of our show, you'll hear real world advice from people who are currently working in the technology industry and personally know the steps needed to succeed. Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. My name is Molly Devine. I'm the Development Events and Grant Manager with Women Who Code, and I'm very excited for today's guest, Yvette Edwards. Yvette Edwards leads the Public Sector Solutions Architect and Engineering Team for the America's Solutions Engineering Portfolio at VMware. Leading this award-winning team and over 100 talented solution engineers and solution architects in support of the U.S., federal, state, and local governments and higher education, Yvette is transforming and increasing trust and customer experience across all agencies she serves, ensuring the uh, EPIC II values execute passion, integrity, customer, and community are first and foremost. Yvette has over 25 years of sales engineering experience, is the high-tech software industry, uh, and uh, 18 years uh, of those years in sales engineering. Um, We're going to invite Yvette to speak, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Molly. Hello. How are you? I'm great. So, so glad to have you on the podcast today, and I think uh, we spoke a little earlier this week, and um, we were talking a bit about, you know, uh, sales engineering and just what a, a unique um, position within the tech sector this is, especially potentially for, for women in tech, and so um, i just love for you to share a little bit about how you first got involved in tech. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I think it's very much like like our audience, right? I went to college and and studied um, computers in school, right? When probably in its infancy, to be honest, it was a long time ago. Um, and so when I graduated from college, um, a week after graduation, I started as a software engineer, writing code um, at AT&T. And, um, you know, I thought for sure that was going to be the rest of my career. I loved, I loved coding because I love problem solving. And there I went. And then um, about five years later, <laughs> um, you know, AT&T was kind of going through a transformation, and I noticed that we were doing a lot of um, offshore coding. I mean, we still had a lot of work um, on our team, but there was a lot of, you know, new projects that were going, and, um, you know, other people were were kind of writing code for us. So then one of my, my girlfriends said, hey, you know, maybe we should you know, go to a job fair and just make sure that, you know, there's other jobs out there. So I wound up just going with her kind of, you know, just, just on a whim. And um, as we were going around and, you know, just looking at jobs, um, I walked across, you know, AOL was hiring at the time. So that's how long ago it was. Um, and the, those of you who probably don't know AOL.com, you know, the kind of the first IM tool <laughs> that was ever out there. Um, but then I came across this company called Oracle and they were hiring um, sales engineers. And so um, I just kind of, actually, I didn't even say sales engineer, I said sales consultant. So, you know, I saw the I saw the the job description. And I just walked by and then the gentleman walked out and he says, wait a minute, aren't you coming in to talk to us? And I was like, no, 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 I don't do sales. I do engineering, you know? And then he said, well, let me tell you about this career. So that's how I, I first learned about it. And um, they wound up recruiting me to be a sales engineer. And so Oracle was my, my first job. But the way he got me was he said, you know, you're, you have so much personality, you, you know, you sit in front of a, a computer and you code all day. And I said, yeah, that's great. I love it. You know, he goes, but I can also think that there's, there's a lot of other value you can provide. 
So I think that um, the reason that I'm so passionate about sales engineering and when I talk about it at colleges, you know, I think that we all know about different things you can do with, with a STEM education. Obviously, there's, there's doctors, there's um, engineers, you know, um, pilots, or there's all these things. But um, sales engineering isn't something that you actually study in college, but it does use a lot of the different skills. So it kind of marries um, communication, curiosity, um, technology, you know, all into one bucket. So um and, 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 you know, one of the things that I've, I've noticed, too, when um, I've talked to um, folks, because we have a um, the National Society of Sales Engineers, and there's a couple of colleges that have clubs, and I've had a couple of students, you know, graduate and tell me, you know, I'm so glad I found this career because, um, you know, this young lady that I was talking to once, she said, you know, I really just wanted to study journalism. And my mom said, no, no, you got to go in technology. You know, you're going to, <laughs> that's, that's the only way you're going to make money. So, there she was in the technology career that she wasn't super passionate about. And then all of a sudden she found sales engineering where she could, you know, tie her communication skills and her passion for curiosity um, with technology. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and it really um, harkens back to uh, another podcast that I actually was able to host where um, you know, one of the, the women was was speaking about how she got into tech and, you know, she really worked, she worked in the cyber field um, and she spoke to the fact that you know, she learned coding, but she wanted to think about coding more as a learning a second language. So it'd be like picking up Spanish or picking up, you know, French, um, where it really was a second language. It helped her get in the door of working in the tech space. But then she was able to kind of transition her career into a, an element that more fit her personality, which maybe was more um, project planning or project management and, um, you know, team building and things like that. But she needed that tech background, that coding background um, to essentially get into that position to begin with. Yeah, and that's a really good point, because I think I haven't really ex explained what sales engineering is. So, um, you know, technologists, um, technology companies that sell software or hardware or some type of technology, they hire sales engineers because, yes, you have a salesperson that's going to take care of you know, the actual sale. But then you have what we call a pre-sales technology portion, and that's what the sales engineer does. So they are a pre-sales resource that partners um, with sales. And, yes, sales is in the name because at the end, you're hoping that, you know, the customer finds value and buys whatever it is that you know company you represent whether it's software in my case you know I've always been in the software um, field um, so you're actually working with a customer to make sure that you understand you know what their problem is right it'd be great if a customer woke up and said hey I just want to buy millions of dollars of software but that's that's not how the world works right they have some type of problem or a business outcome they're trying to get so your job is to make sure that you um, architect a solution that's going to solve their business problem um, and make sure that you can um, also tie back that the solution they're purchasing is giving them some type of outcome that they're looking for. So, um, <clears throat> and when you, uh, when you share a little about um, the, the role of, of sales and selling, um, what does that really look like in terms of the, the technology overall? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what I, what I really love about it, it's really just that consultative piece, right? So you're just sitting with a client and you are trying to understand, um, you know, what it is that is plaguing the business, right? So, you know, if one time we were working with Disney and they were having some issues with um, bees that, you know, could sting a child. And if a child's allergic to bees, it could be very dangerous. So we wound up coming up with a solution, working with um, biotech engineers to make sure that, um, because it turns out that if there's a lot of sugar content in a trash can, bees start to circulate. So finding a sensor to put inside a garbage can so that when the sugar content's really high, you know, that bag would get changed, it would have a sensor and it would. So trying to solve a problem like that, that doesn't necessarily think, okay, this is something we're going to buy software for. 
So it's, it's kind of taking that step back and working, um, working with a client to help them solve a real world problem. And what's really exciting about this career is depending on the customer, it could be, you know, we solve problems in all fields, whether it's airlines, something like Disney, it could be obviously financials, you know, making sure that they're not, not getting cyber hacked or there's, you know, privacy, healthcare, making sure that um, health information is online. So, you know, when a surgeon is actually operating and actually using some type of technology, making sure that that works. So I think it's just, it fits every single industry and every single technology and every single problem. So I think that's what's really exciting about the career. It's really dynamic. I think that's really fascinating. I would never, you know, obviously everyone's grown up, you know, we all started obviously as kids and I can think about those times being in the park and seeing right the bees swarming. And I would never think that uh, there could be a technology solution to solve an issue like that. It's just, you know, right. It's the nature of the beast, right? They're going to be bees. They're going to be attracted to the garbage. can. <laughs> you might get stung. Um, but obviously, you know, for someone that has um, allergies or maybe a population that's got higher uh, percentages of allergies or, um, you know, even a higher percentage of bees, that is really important because of course we want, you know, we know that bees are, are very important to our, um, yes, yes, yeah. but also we want to keep uh, people safe that do have those challenges. And so that would be something that I would never think about or think about being a, an opportunity and then to kind of break that down and have these these people in this role that are really solving for this issue and then connecting the technology to it. I think that's such a, a necessary piece. And I think sometimes um, kind of to your point earlier, sometimes a piece that can be overlooked um, in our world. And so when we're thinking about women who are considering a career in tech, um, what do they need? What what should they know, or what do they need to know about sales engineering, or what might draw them um, to that side of things? Yeah, I mean, I think the reason that people get into tech, you know, whether it's coding or you know building something or manufacturing something, because you know we definitely have mechanical engineers who become sales engineers as well. Um, I think it's just the fact that you know tying into that innate skill and um, and and um, I guess passion. So for me, like I said, it was problem solving. I also have a, a, a um, curiosity and a thirst for knowledge. So I think if you have that, um, because truthfully, sales engineering, just like many careers, is very dynamic, and you constantly have to be learning because obviously we have you know new technology coming out. You know now we have AI. Before it was digital transformation. Now we're into this you know fourth industrial revolution of AI. So you know you have to constantly be learning. So as long as you have a thirst for knowledge. And um, a lot of curiosity because you do want to um, get to know your customer. One of the big things you need to do here is get a PhD on your customer versus, you know, hey, I have this certification or that certification. That's awesome. That's great because that means you can, that's the other end of it. You can help them solve a problem. But you also have to get to know your customer because, again, when we are working in a pre-sales situation, we're not just coming with an elevator pitch and we're not just thinking about me, 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 me. It's all about that customer. So I think if you're a person that thrives in a dynamic environment, you love building things, uh, problem solving, and you have a curiosity and a thirst for knowledge. Those are things that, you know, those passions could align great to this career. That's awesome. I think, um, so obviously at Women Who Code, we have a large percentage of, of women that are maybe technologists or, you know, they're completing their degree, they're finishing a boot camp, things like that. But we also have a lot of women who um, maybe are thinking about a career change or swapping, but maybe don't have a background in technology. So what role does having, you know, that, that base or that technology base have in securing a job in sales engineering? Could someone that's maybe a sales professional, um, you know, and just kind of that that average sales capacity uh, transition into a career in sales engineering? 
Yeah, you know, it's definitely been done before. We've definitely had um, folks on the sales side come over to our side here um, um, in sales engineering. So definitely if you're currently working for a software company and you already understand the technology and you are that type of person that was super curious and actually learned more about the technology, then that that's an easy transition. Um, also, you know, one of the best hires that I usually do are customers. So people that use our technology um, and they can be in any capacity. They could, you know, be using it for completely different purposes. Um, you know, we have HR people because we also have, you know, a mobile technology that really kind of helps you onboard customers onboard your employees day one. So, you know, that type of HR professional would be great um, to, to sell like our mobile software. Um, so I would say that this career really lends itself to kind of a second career, which it was for me at the end of the day, I was a software engineer, you know, you know, still early in my twenties, I'd only been doing it for five years, but I would definitely say had I started straight into sales engineering, which can be done, you know, we do have academy programs and things like that. I think it really helped me that I had been out in the, in the field you know, for five years and, and, and working, um, you know, tr truly using software and understanding what it's like to be an end user. So I think this career really lends itself to a, a second career. Um, I have worked with um, the Pre-Sales Collective, um, where we kind of did a series where we were try trying to educate people on how to learn more about this career. And so, you know, we, we actually reached out to math teachers that were kind of looking for a second career, right? So I think as long as you have a proclivity um, for some type of technology, and again, it can, it can go across many industries. You know, I'm representing the software industry, but it could be mechanical, it could be manufacturing, you know, it could be anything. Um, and if you have a proclivity for understanding that technology, and it's really just communication and explaining it to someone, because these um, types of purchases are very complicated. And so a customer needs to know before they actually purchase something, is it going to work in their environment? Is it going to solve their problem? So sometimes sales engineers are involved in what we call proof of concepts. So you truly you know, help install the software or whatever the technology is and kind of walk the customer through it you know, in a, in a very um, test scenario so that they can see, you know, everything you say it does, it actually does it. So I think that's a, that's a great piece. Kind of that, that not just that communication piece, but a little bit of that practical application when all is said and done. Um, one, one thing that uh, you shared about is that um, you helped launch this national society of sales engineers. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the, the national society of sales engineers? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I got involved here locally, um, University of Central Florida that's close um, to my house and I actually now have a senior there. So, <laughs> but back in then I, I didn't have any kids um, at, at, at the school and I was doing a lot of, um, um, I was talking about STEM careers for women. It was doing a lot of work there and representing them on female STEM night. And then one of the professors came up to me and said, hey, we would lo really love you to get involved more in curriculum. And so then we wound up talking a little bit and I wound up guest lecturing and, and sort of just sharing about this career um, during a couple of those um, classes for this professor. And then um, it turns out that they actually had a society of sales engineers um, at their at the college and so I started getting involved with them and then they it was kind of in its infancy at that point and they were having a competition but there was only four schools involved it was Cal Poly Iowa State um, University of Central Florida and so they you know they were kind of competing and, and sort of like I'm um, engaging with, with each other so then you know um, myself and a couple of the college students who had started the different clubs we decided to co-found the National Society of Sales Engineers because we thought it'd be even greater if we could involve more colleges and kind of take this career um, to that level. And so um, 
NSSE um, continues today and they still have a competition. Um, and Gary Williams now is um, kind of running it, running it. And I think they recently had one in NC State this year, a competition there, but um, I wasn't able to attend. But um, yeah, so it's just a, a matter of getting colleges to have um, sort of a club, you know, at their school where they get to actually like learn how to do presentations, how to do role plays. They'll have people from industry come in and actually, you know, do a real world business case with them. And, you know, so they can kind of practice doing this career so that, you know, when they get out of school, they can actually look for jobs. And we've also um, done a lot of recruiting. Um, we'll usually do a match um, at the um, national competition every year. So it's a good way for um, students to find a, find a job, learn about the career, try it out. And, you know, we usually do um, a weekend where we do a real live role play and, and we'll bring folks from industry and somebody will play the CEO and somebody will play the, you know, the really tough, you know, uh, procurement officer, you know, that's always saying no. So it, it just gives them the whole gamut of, of what this career feels like. I think that's a really important piece. I know um, when we met earlier this week, one of the things we talked about was, you know, oftentimes we're going through um, the education process, right? And we're in middle school, we're in high school, and they have us taking these uh, educational proficiency tests or these personality tests. And um, it might say like, you like dogs. I know that was something I brought up where you like animals, like you should be, <laughs> that. but then when I break it down, it's like, well, I do love animals. And so seeing an animal suffering or in pain, well, of course I want to fix that, you know, mentally and, and, and physically, like that's just not a career that I could do and still, you know, function throughout my day. And so, um, you know, oftentimes these things just point to the area of most specific interest um, instead of pointing us in the directions that might be more creative. And I think that having a, a society like you're talking about that kind of exposes to a career that maybe people don't know about, because I'll be honest, before, you know, I um, met you and learned about this, this upcoming podcast. I didn't know what a sales engineer was. I didn't know that sales engineering was a field that someone could go into. I was like, well, if they're selling product, it's probably just right. The sales associate <laughs> doing their thing and then passing it over to the technologist or whoever it might be, the engineer on staff. And so can you speak a little to that and just on how, um, you know, what maybe, uh, types of skill sets or things, uh, might pop up and, you know, um, you know, a personality test like that, that might say, oh, you're, you're empathetic or you're communicative or, you know, um, that might point to like, oh yeah, be a nurse or, or be, um, a, a lawyer, but might actually lend really well into a career like this, that someone, you know, a student specifically might think about, oh, well, this told me to do this. So obviously I have to be pigeonholed into being a, a teacher today, but actually it could be a really great avenue to move into a career like this. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. And I think that, you know, you and I talked offline that, you know, my, my two youngest daughters is even the one that's here at UCF now, and, and she's actually in um, marketing and in and, um, and business, but, um, you know, for her, it was always empathy and, you know, it was always like, you're going to be a nurse or a psychologist. Um, so I would definitely say um, empathy is great because you do have to kind of put yourself in your customer shoes, as I said recently, and getting that PhD, I'd say good listening skills. Um, obviously, you know, the, the technical, whether it's math or science or, um, you know, those are those are always really good. Um, but I would say also um, a really good one is curiosity. I know I've mentioned that several times. Um, if there is something I know that now we do look at a growth mindset, um, we do kind of I don't know if that is one that comes up anymore, but a growth mindset or something where you are willing to learn. And if you're a fast learner, I think that's important, too, because you kind of do have to think on your feet. 
Um, communication skills is really important as far as, you know, presentations. And I guess none of us are great presenters, even as, as we sit on this podcast, right? So something we probably always try to perfect, but um, it's always good. And I think that um, communication is really, really important because we do have two ears and one mouth. So it's the listening portion. And I think all of us probably took that communications class in college where, you know, they talk about what truly communication is. And it isn't just thinking about you know, while the other person's talking what you're going to say, because then you're not really listening to that person. So it, it is all of that and, and, and taking that all in. So um, I would think that every skill that you get on that um, test could make you a great sales engineer. <laughs> uh, in, in terms of uh, the, when those college students or, or even like a career transitioner um, or someone that's, you know, popping back into a career after a career break, I, I think we've got, you know, a lot of those people that do tune into this podcast, whether they be, you know, just graduating or um, just looking to get back in after maybe taking time for family or, or, or caregiving and things like that, or even, like I said, making that, that career transition, um, what would be a specific um, skill set that they would want to make sure that they kind of honed in on um, to prepare them, whether or not they're coming from a tech background or not, um, what might be something that that's like, this would be great to have on your resume. Like if you want to get into a field, whether it be sales engineering specifically or tech in general, what might be something that you're like, you definitely want to have this on your on your resume or at least be showing that you're building towards it? Yeah, I would think some type of um, architecture or um, solutioning um, and maybe just some success stories of some, some ways you've helped a customer before. Um, also, if you if you do have interaction with a customer, that would be really helpful. I'm not saying you can't be a behind the scenes person, um, but if you have had any type of interaction um, in that way, or you represented your company in some way, it could even be something like a Toastmasters class that, you know, maybe you held that, or maybe you held some type of position, you know, like even HOA, just kind of showing that you have that leadership and that presentation and that executive presence. I think that would be that those would be skills beyond your your current skills that could help, um, you know, help somebody see that potential. Um, do you have, have have advice for anyone who might be interested in sales engineering and and how they might get started? Yeah, absolutely. So um, there is a National Society of Sales Engineer that that is really good. There's also another um, company called Pre-Sales Collective, and they are sort of doing pretty much what I talked about. They really are helping um, folks find this career. Um, they have webinars all the time. So I would I would kind of Google those too. Um, and um, I think that there are even Pre-Sales Collective themselves has some classes that you can join to maybe learn a little bit more about it if you are a career changer. If you are in a college, I would suggest um really looking at the National Society of Sales Engineers. Um, they will help you start a Society of Sales Engineers Club at your college um, and then reach out to professionals like us that um, out on LinkedIn, make contacts and you know reach out to them, see if they'll come to your school and present. Um, I know I'm glad to, so anybody you know within the Florida region can reach out to me or if I'm traveling, I'm glad to do that as well. Um, so those would be my suggestions. I know when you said um, you started the career in sales engineering, you were working for Oracle, um, and now you're working uh, at VMware, yeah. and I thought your your VMware um, position was was really uh, interesting to me because I I was reading about you know how you you know support the U.S. federal, state, and local government and higher education, and it feels like very niche. So can you talk about kind of those those niche markets and in, in tech in general and how they yeah. can really be tailored to you know your specific interests and what you know really drew you maybe to the the government and education side of things within tech. 
Yeah, absolutely. So that that is my current role today. And I will say, um, you know, I love I love this set of customers, um, you know, very, very passionate about them. And, you know, the mission statement that our team has is our mission is to make sure that our customers complete their mission successfully. So we know they're out there defending our country, um, educating, you know, our, our, our students, you know, kind of our future workers of the world and making sure that our cities are protected and safe. So um, that is really what I love about the set of customers. There's just so many different things. So, you know, I, I've, I've supported all set of customers. You know, I, I mentioned Disney, I've done airlines, cruise lines. So, you know, that all that all brings interesting things as well. But I'm really passionate about our, our current set right now. So I think um, not only should you find a company that's a great match for you, you know, has a good culture, has a place where you can learn and grow. You know, you should also think about what industry you want to support. You know, um, of course, I'm highly passionate. Um, as I said, I'm a lifelong learner. My dad always said that education was the most important thing in the world, because if you had a great education, you could do anything you wanted in the world. And I truly believe that's true. So I'm really glad that we support higher ed, um, you know, all the universities that, um, that, that we talked about and that I partner with. I feel like that really resonates with me in particular because I had a very similar upbringing. You know, both my parents were educators and they spoke a lot about how um, important education is and how it can really bring you places. And I always make jokes that um, I knew I didn't want to get into teaching uh, because I'd, I'd seen my parents do it. But I I found myself working in positions that were um, education adjacent in some ways. They were instilling that that leadership, that entrepreneurship, that empowerment, but maybe in a different way. And one of the things that I speak to a lot um, in talking about careers and especially, you know, in talking to, to younger people, maybe um, high school students or college students is, um, you know, it's so much easier to go to work every day when it's something that you're passionate about and that you're excited about and that you know that's making an impact. And, you know, when I think about uh, even some of the things you already talked about, even referring back to that, like bees in the park, right? It's, <laughs> it's making that measurable impact. And, you know, if you are an environmentalist, that could be something that really suits you in, in terms of environment. So I think sometimes people think, well, it's a, it's a corp, it's corporate, it's, it's, a, you know, it's a job, you know, it, they're, they're going to be focused just on the bottom line and things like that. But there really are those fields that you can get into. And then those subsects of those fields where you can actually make an impact. So, you know, my, my first thought, if I was just thinking tech, right, wouldn't be, wow, I'm going to change the world. Um, but really there is such a great opportunity to change the world. And, you know, women who code, um, hosts a, a hackathon for social good. And that is really the basis of that hackathon for social good is right. Finding those impacts that are technology in nature that are there to change the world. And so that really, like I said, resonates with me that ability like oh I love that we're supporting education I love that we're supporting you know maybe those heroes that are away and you know coming back into our, our community and so um, I think it's great that you point that out because I think so often we lose sight of that sometimes and in, in the corporate field that there is that that great impact you can be making that's a really great point Molly and you know there's we also support nonprofits right so if you're really passionate about that that could definitely be you know where you go work maybe you go work for a nonprofit right and and be a sales engineer for them and actually help them, you know, solve, solve real world problems. So I think that's great. Yeah, that's, it's, it's really great to hear. Um, how could people, you know, find out more about these positions or how can they even find them if they start, you know, career searching, what might be some keywords? Is it going to say sales engineer in the title or might there be some keywords that they would want to look for to, to Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, this career has a lot of names. Um, like I said, that very first one at Oracle was sales consultant. So um, I would search for sales engineer, solution engineer, sales consultant. There's also um, 
solution architect. Um, you know, some folks use that word as well, but um, I think all of all of those terms. But if you start with sales engineering, I think you'll get a pretty good net. And I think um, the AI is smart enough now to translate solution engineers into sales engineers as well. Um, and so I do I do want to say something um, before we go, because I think, you know, there's probably some questions out there. Um, we haven't really talked about the compensation portion of sales engineering. So, you know, why is this career um, such a great find? And, you know, when I talk to kids and they say, wow, this is great. I'm so glad I did this. This career can be very lucrative. So, you know, we, we definitely talked a lot about the engineering part of it, which is what I'm really passionate about. Um, but there is a sales side to it. So there is um, a variable to this career on most of these careers. Um, you know, you have what we call an OTE. So you have like a base salary and then there's some commission. Now, you don't get as much commission as the, the sales uh, person does because, you know, they're, they might be on a more aggressive commission plan. But there is commission. There are bonuses. So um, this can be a very lucrative career. It can be very rewarding, um, you know, both personally and financially. And, you know, I, I remember um, my old boss said, you know, her husband had, um, just gotten out of medical school. And he's like, wait a minute, your engineer, your sales engineers make how much? Why did I go to medical school? So just know that there is a, a another bonus to this career. It, it is it is lucrative compared to, to a coder, you know, because you know, that's a good salary too, but you know, we kind of have a, a baseline and then you may have like a yearly bonus, but we're talking about commission as well. It's so funny. Um, the, one of the things that you said when you're like, you make how much? It reminds me. <laughs> Um, I, and, and obviously all careers are important and all career yeah, careers are. are great. And if it's your passion, but I, I used to work with a volunteer and she was a, a teacher, um, a kindergarten teacher. And she would talk about her, you know, hearing her husband once, once COVID was going on, cause they were having meetings at home and she would hear him on a call, um, with, a, a, like an entry level person. And she'd be like, they're making what? And I'm glad that you brought up the, um, you know, the compensation side. And one of the things that I'd, I'd love to, to know about too, just for um, someone preparing again for, for this position, they've, you know, they've applied, they're excited about it. What might they look forward to or, or want to be prepared for in the interview process? Like what might that look like? Yeah. So um, I would, I would definitely say the one thing that you have to do if you are um, applying for a technology company, spend time on their website. If they sort of have some type of end user conference for us, you know, we call it VMware Explorer, used to be called VMworld, you know, go out and find old videos and actually learn about their technology. So I think, I think that, you know, they're really going to want to know why you're choosing their company, why you want to sell their technology. So make sure that you're educated enough about, um, their technology, number one. Number two, um, you know, do some research on the industry. So um, maybe you're coming from that industry and that's why you're excited. So that that could be quite much value. So if you are a customer of that company, then that would be a really good value. And then just kind of talk about how you use their technology. So I would be prepared to, um, obviously there's a behavioral side of it, which we're all prepared for, but I would definitely be um, able to find a way to translate my current skills into what a sales engineer would do. So find out of other ways where you've had to sell a solution. Maybe you've sold, um, sort of pitched a solution to your boss. So maybe currently today, you know, there was a problem and you solved it and you actually had to go to senior leadership or you had to go in front of a board of directors and sort of pitch that, that sale, so to speak. Because um, I think if, if we really um, think about it, we're all selling every day. So whether you are an engineer at NASA and you're trying to, you know, tell them why they should use this new rocket piece, you know, on the rocket and you're trying and you're collaborating with other teams, you know, and that brings me to collaboration. So collaboration is huge um, in this in this career. So you're definitely working with a sales counterpart. You might be working with other specialists. You're working with a customer and all of their different silos that they have. So you have to make sure that you know how to collaborate between teams, um, which goes back to that communications piece. 
Um, and then one thing I'll say, and we've talked about this a lot, is that if you do love to teach or you did have a proclivity to teach, this career, you're doing a lot of teaching. You know, you're teaching yourself, um, you're teaching yourself new technology, you're teaching um, customers about your technology, you're constantly sort of explaining, maybe coming back to your team and explaining, you know, what the customer's situation is. So it is a constant um, teaching and learning experience all around. I think one of the most important things you said in, in that piece was we, we all sell every day. And I think that's something people forget. And, you know, personally working in a career that's um, sales oriented, um, you know, people are, I often see that people are very afraid of that word, right? They're like, I, I can't sell that. I can't ask someone for money or I can't ask for that payment or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of fear base in that idea of like, quote unquote, selling, right? And so I think it's important that you say that because we often forget that we're kind of selling things on a regular basis. And it's sometimes it's so minor, right? Where we're going to dinner, right? Yeah. You really want, you know, Chinese food, but your um, partner really wants uh, Mexican food for dinner. And so you have to kind of convince them, right? You have to make that pitch and, and, and build on why actually going to get Chinese would be even better, right? For that night or picking a movie or, um, yeah, I mean, so it can be such minor things. Yeah, of course it can be a big thing, like selling your boss on why you should be switching to this platform instead of that platform, yeah. but it can be so minor too. And we're doing those things every day. And so we already have that comfort level, you know, kind of innately nature in our systems. And so when you look at something and you think, well, sales, like I, I would think that maybe some people would see, you know, this talk or hear this talk and be like sales, like, no way that's not for me. <laughs> I can't imagine selling someone or trying to get someone on board with something or commission. That sounds so scary. How can that be part of my job? But it's really, you know, you're using those skill sets every single day. And so I think that's so important that you kind of highlight that because I think it's something that we often forget about. And so sales can seem very scary or very daunting. Yeah, it's actually tapping into your inner five-year-old self. So, you know, who are the best sellers? Your five-year-old, right? They'll convince you why they have to have that cookie before dinner. <laughs> and, um, you know, one thing that we do in the um, Society of Sales Engineers is we do objection therapy. Because, of course, I think the reason we're afraid to ask, and I always tell my kids, if you don't ask, the answer is already no, right? So what are you going to lose by asking, right? And so we make them go um, for a week and we just tell them to, you know, try, try to get negotiate things right and ask for things now all legal and all um, above board, of course, but you know, they'll do things like ask um, at Starbucks for, you know, an extra cup of coffee or, you know, just certain things right and so um, they'll come back and, and every time they report back they're like well you know I really tried hard but nobody said no I got everything I asked for, and so it's kind of interesting right but uh, yeah it's 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 truly just. That is really why we're so scared because we're, we're afraid of getting rejected, but we all know, and, and we've all listened to the podcast that, you know, you don't grow with success, you grow with failure. So absolutely. I think even when you said that and you started saying, oh, we have people go out and like ask for things. I'm like, Ooh, that like gave me a little nervous. <laughs> like, I can't imagine asking my barista for an extra cup of coffee. Like, <laughs> but it is that, that quote, right? Wayne Gretzky, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Exactly. Exactly. So why throw it out? You know, the worst they can say is yeah. no. And what does that do? Nothing. No. No. How does that hurt you? It doesn't. Yeah. Right. No. Um, uh, so last thing I just want to talk about is, you know, do you have uh, one go-to career tip and it could be anything it doesn't have to be based around, around sales engineering, but just in your life, what has really helped you succeed and grow in your career? 
Yeah. So I truly believe in a growth mindset. Um, I think that, you know, you kind of said, okay, now you're doing public sector because that's something I hadn't, hadn't done before. Right. So I think that, um, you know, when you, when you're lucky enough to find a career you're passionate about and you're doing really well, there's going to get a point where you just feel really comfy, um, you know, and you feel like, oh yeah, you know, I can definitely, you know, phone it in, so to speak. Not that we would ever do that. Not no, no woman who codes member would do that. But, you know, when you start feeling a little comfortable and somebody taps you on the shoulder, um, as they've done to me and asked you to take on like a new challenge or, or a new skill, um, just say yes, because I have every time and it's helped me grow and it's helped me kind of expand who I am. And at the end of the day, I just always want to make sure that I'm making an impact. I do believe in exactly what you were talking about, Molly. I believe in tech for good. So if there's a place that has a need and I feel that I can be a match to um, fulfill that need, then that's something that, that I do. So I think that, um, I think there's many times in our careers or even early in our careers where we're like really, really, really scared. And we're like, oh my gosh, I couldn't do that. You know, that sounds so scary. Um, to me, I'm saying maybe that's a sign you should do it. Yeah, absolutely. There's a book and I want to say it's by Chandra Rhymes, and I might get the, t- the title wrong, but I think it's titled the year of yes. And she specifically talks to what you're saying, you know, just say yes to those things, like say yes to those challenges, what might be scary, um, what might what might be uncomfortable or out of our comfort zone. And um, I had a coach growing up, uh, or I guess in college, really, and her big piece, you know, she had right outside her office was, you know, where the magic happens in your comfort zone. So, you know, you could be in that comfort zone, but outside of it, that's where the magic happens. And that's where you want to be. And so um, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much, Yvette, for coming on our on our podcast, the Women Who Code podcast, and sharing your experience in sales engineering, really breaking down what it means and what it entails, um, and really giving that in, information and experience and, and wealth of knowledge to our community. My pleasure, Molly. It's It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you. And thanks so much for featuring sales engineering on this podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Women Who Code podcast. To find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash women who code. Thanks again for listening. And remember to subscribe, rate and comment.